Welcome to the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast. This podcast is sponsored by my supporters on Patreon and by B Books, publisher of A Farmer's Guide to Climate Disruption, which is now available in print, ebook, and audiobook. B Books also publishes climate smart romance novels by Tara L. Roy. Learn more at bbooks.org. You'll also get free climate smart downloads, including tips for weathering drought and flood, and the Farm Emergency Preparedness Plan. When you subscribe to BeeBooks newsletter, sign up at beebooks.org, beebooks.org. I'm your host, author and multimedia artist, Rebecca L. Fraser, and I'm excited to share this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast with you. So let's dig into it. Chapter 6. Now what? Across the U.S., farmers have been experiencing disasters at an alarming rate. Here, five producers share how they recovered. In early 2012, Dana Burtness launched her first farm on six acres of rented land in Northfield, Minnesota. She got off to a great start landing high-profile restaurateurs from the Twin Cities as clientele, and creating success in part by seeking her clientele's suggestions about which produce to cultivate. Then, in June of her first season, disaster struck. Eight feet of rain created a river 50 feet wide that drowned a third of Burtness's crops and flooded her rented greenhouse space with four feet of water. That flood has affected most of the farming decisions I've made since, said Burtness. Ultimately, the farmer opted to scale back on annual vegetables. Today, she maintains a quarter-acre market garden for friends and family on a 67-acre farmstead in Spring Grove, Minnesota, and focuses on raising pastured livestock. They're way more resilient, Burtness said double whammy. In a good year, the Rogers family harvests between 2,500 and 3,000 pounds of almonds on their 175-acre ranch in Madera, California. Founded over 100 years ago, the first almond trees were planted in the 1980s. By 2003, the third generation of Rogers brothers had switched their entire operation to almonds. In 2011, the California drought started. Farming a thirsty crop in a drought was challenging enough. Then, disaster hit, two years in a row. In 2014, during their most important growing period, the Rogers well stopped working. They still had water in the well, but couldn't access it until the well was fixed. It took five weeks for the parts they needed to arrive. In May 2015, shortly after the fruit had set, a hailstorm destroyed approximately 15% of the almond crop. Tom Rogers estimated the losses in one field were close to 40%. Hailstorms are not abnormal for Central California, but that storm was the first of that magnitude that the Rogers remember. We had never seen that kind of a loss in almond, said Tom. It looked like someone had come and shook the almonds off the orchard. 
Because the hailstorm injured the trees, the Rogers had to alter their management techniques for about three weeks. It's a documented response that when a tree goes through a major stress like a hailstorm, it sheds more fruit about three weeks later to make itself healthy. To prevent this response, the Rogers changed the way they watered and fertilized, applying foliar products with microbes to essentially tell the tree, you're okay. Although the yield was down, the trees did not drop more fruit after the hailstorm. After the crisis passed, the Rogers assessed what they were doing and found that time spent in management went way up, while time spent in the field decreased. Losing their well during their important growing period led the Rogers to start using pulse irrigation on the ranch. They put soil moisture meters and weather stations all over the farm to monitor patterns, gather information, and help them make the best decisions. Now, Tom Rogers sits down at his computer each day to program the irrigation. The goal of pulse irrigation is to meet the needs of the tree without sending water beyond the root zone. The Rogers water one hour at a time, three times a day, seven days a week. By pulse irrigating, we've reduced the amount of water that we're using, said Tom, who estimated they were applying 25% to 30% less water in 2016 than they were prior to losing the well. In addition, the almonds appeared to be doing better in 2016 than before. He said, we're excited about that. We're still learning. We'll be a lifetime figuring it out. Despite the disasters they faced in 2014 and 15, the Rogers maintained production close to 2,500 pounds. Tom said, when you get backed into a corner, you start looking at, how can I do this better? Tornado. Everything was whole, and then the fabric of everything you've done is torn apart. You don't even know where to start. You don't even feel like starting again. It's such a mess. Renee Randall. On Monday, June 22, 2015, a severe storm hit the tri-state area of Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Renee Randall of Willow Ridge Farm in Wazika, Wisconsin, was on the phone when it started. She said, I was looking out the window and it exploded into the house. Shards of glass were everywhere. I went to the basement. When I came up, everything was completely different in my life. I have a two-story farmhouse. Part of the roof was gone. It was pouring rain into the basement. Wires were hanging everywhere. A giant maple was going across my porch. I couldn't get out of the front door. This is not Tornado Alley where I live. I never expected a tornado. Randall lost almost everything when the tornado whipped across her 117 acres. The hoop house was crushed. The storage shed was blown off its foundation. The pounding rain, hail, and high winds took a severe toll on the fruits and vegetables in the fields that weren't leveled by the tornado. Trees were downed. Renee Randall experienced the kind of disaster that doesn't just affect a person, it traumatizes them. Over a year later, Randall was still feeling the effects and wasn't sure she'd be able to restore the operation and the life she had spent over 40 years building.
91 landowners and over 3,000 acres of privately owned woodlands were affected in Crawford County, Wisconsin. Crawford County did not meet the economic threshold for FEMA assistance, but Randall believes that had the damage to the woodlands been included in the numbers, area landowners would have been eligible. The county executive director for USDA's Farm Service Agency was looking for the kind of crop damage he was familiar with, corn and beans. He had not considered trees a crop, so never assessed the damage to the woodlands as a farm loss. Randall said, In our area, farmers have used their trees as almost a savings account. During the farm crisis of the 80s, logging was used to offset debt. In 2015, Department of Natural Resources estimated Crawford County's damaged timber might sell as salvage worth 30% of its original value. When, as a special request, the Department of Natural Resources forester examined Randall's woods, he found that every acre of the 40-acre forest had tree damage. Twisted, uprooted, broken, mature oak trees is not the kind of damage a farmer can handle without putting their life on the line said Randall, who felt hopeless and frustrated until she learned about the Emergency Forestry Restoration Program, EFRP. The program had never been used or even offered by any agency in Wisconsin or surrounding states. But Randall said, it's on the books, legislated, and never offered out to farmers. When I mentioned that it was never offered out, the response was that it was up to farmers to know what's on the books. The passion Randall brought to farming is now directed at helping her neighbors to recover some of the loss via EFRP. She started by lobbying the Farm Service Agency's county committee to approve the necessity for it. She said, I had worked on it since January. It went to Washington with a request for EFRP funding. It was approved at that level. But at the time of this writing, she said, no money had been allocated yet. She went on, because it's a cost share program, you have to spend the money first and then get reimbursed by the government. And since this program has never been implemented, it's taking some time to administrate. Now that the program has emerged as a given entity, the county director has thrown himself into making this program workable. Randall received money to clean up and restore her woods. However, the oak woodland she stewarded for decades will take over 50 years to come back. Randall will not live to see the result of her efforts to save her forest. To recover her produce operation, Randall leveraged relationships. Members of her community-supported agriculture group supported her through the tornado, and Kings Hill Farm donated produce to help her through the end of the season. Friends created a GoFundMe page that raised about $4,500. The funds helped her clean and replant and enabled her to finish the season. Neighbors bartered with Randall organic hay in exchange for a new metal roof on her house. Seeing how depressing the landscape damage was in front of the house, they donated a day to give the landscaping a facelift. It was a spirit lift as well, she said. Randall reported a strong 2016 CSA sign-up, 
At the time of this writing, she was managing to supply the CSA, despite the fact that she still hadn't been able to replace her hoop house, shed, and small equipment. If I can make it through this year, I'll have to reassess what needs to be done next, Randall said. Flood. In 1999, Vicki Westerhoff took over her family's 20-acre farm in St. Anne, Illinois, and established a farming partnership called Genesis Growers Incorporated. By 2015, Genesis Growers was a 65-acre certified organic farm with sales at farmer's markets, wholesale to restaurants, and a CSA. Westerhoff was growing approximately 350 varieties of herbs, and vegetables until a six-week deluge in June and July 2015 flooded her fields and destroyed her crops. She said, We dug ditches to drain the water repeatedly, but rains kept falling. I would get the water drained off, and we would have another deluge. It rained several inches at a time and in close enough proximity that we never really dried out. The final flood ran like whitewater rapids across my land. At that point, any crop that had managed to survive was wiped away. Westerhoff altered her cropping scheme and tried field leveling to facilitate drainage after the flood in 2015. She said, next year, I am going to do more work in this area and will implement a raised bed system. Since I have very light soil, I have not felt the need to use raised beds, but when the rains come unbidden, they would help. The deluges of 2015 ended in late July. Westerhoff started replanting fast-growing baby greens and root vegetables on July 28. With a lot of hard work and diligence, and the delayed onset of cold weather, Westerhoff and her team managed to harvest a decent crop which she sold over the winter months. Westerhoff said, Farming is a tough business with low profit margins, so a disaster can cause incredible problems. So far this year, we have made it, but we are by no means in good shape financially. It would be a struggle no matter what, but we began having continual rains in July this year that have damaged many crops. I am back to having to replant in hopes of a good winter season to tide us over. Westerhoff described herself as a fortunate farmer who received help from loyal customers. From the beginning, I decided I did not want to be a nameless, faceless farmer, she said. The fact that I know so many of my customers is the reason I am still able to farm, and I thank them with all my being. When Disaster Hits Responding to a life-altering disaster requires the ability to think quickly and spring to action. The willingness to reach out for help and find resources you may not have known existed. When an event occurs that brings you to your knees, perhaps the most important tool for survival is adaptability. A willingness to learn from the experience to learn from others, and to envision a new modus operandi for yourself and your operation. Anna Otto of Arizona Farm Bureau advises farmers to have cash reserves and a good relationship with their local loan officer. Farmers lacking cash reserves and sufficient credit can turn to various aid programs. In 2014 and 15, 
the CCOF Foundation provided $33,000 in assistance to organic operations from 18 states, including Willow Ridge Organic Farm and Genesis Growers Incorporated. In addition to CCOF's $500 Brickmont Hardship Assistance Award, Randall received a farm aid grant for $500 to be used for household, not business, expenses. Farming organizations are another valuable resource to turn to in times of distress. Otto said, When natural disasters occur, Farm Bureau can help lobby state and federal officials for disaster relief if it is slow in coming. In addition, a national community of farmers and ranchers within Farm Bureau provides financial and other assistance when disaster strikes. In August of 2016, after floods in Louisiana caused an estimated $100 million in crop losses during harvest time, American Farm Bureau reached out to Louisiana Farm Bureau to offer assistance. Relationships with suppliers, crop specialists, extension agents, and more are another key to getting back on track after disaster strikes. Burtness, Randall, Rogers, and Westerhoff recovered from the disasters that befell their farms, but their operations will be forever changed. In some cases, for the better. In other cases, it's too soon to render judgment. Burtness took the simplest approach, changing focus. Randall received assistance from friends, neighbors, and private and public funding programs. Until her farm is cleaned up and safe again, she can only grow a fraction of the produce she once did. The Rogers found learning to be their salvation. Westerhoff reached out for information and accepted help from the supportive community she had spent 17 years cultivating. What can you do if faced with disaster? Advice for tough times. Quote, be adaptable. Look at what's out there. After the last two years, we look at all new technology. Talk to whoever's doing something interesting. Try something different. The reality is we're going to be forced to. We have to adapt. For us, this is an exciting time in agriculture. Unquote. Tom Rogers, Almond Grower, Madeira, California. Quote, be prepared as best as one can. Be flexible and able to put a new plan into action if need be. Last year, I made it all the way to Plan E before I was able to plant. Plan E worked. I could have given up, but it was essential if I wanted to survive to continue trying. Unquote. Vicki Westerhoff, Genesis Growers, Incorporated, St. Anne, Illinois. Quote, Look to yourself as the best resource. You're a farmer. Don't give up. Don't be dismissed. It's only because I pushed and figured things out that we've gone this far with a government program that never would have seen the light of day otherwise. Unquote. Renee Randall, Willow Ridge Organic Farm, Wazika, Wisconsin. Quote, Never give up. Request FEMA and other natural disaster assistance that may be available. Contact your local NRCS office to assist financially and technically with conservation practice planning and implementation for recovery. 
Contact the USDA Emergency Watershed Program and the Emergency Conservation Program. Call a special meeting with all the agriculture interest groups and local, state, and federal agencies to collaborate a strategy moving forward to provide necessary assistance utilizing each other's resources to the maximum. Curtis Elke, State Conservationist, USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, Idaho. Quote, contact your local NRCS office first. Avail yourself of all NRCS services, including natural resource assessments, planning and design services, as well as financial programs to help repair and or enhance or conserve the resources of your farm that will enable you to keep your farm productive and thriving into the future. NRCS is a great one-stop and first-stop service. NRCS administers various farm bill programs that provide money for remedial practices to address damages caused by disaster or natural event. NRCS provides free, non-regulatory technical planning and design assistance for farms impacted by natural events, including above-normal rainfall events that might only cause minor damage to fields or crops. NRCS works closely with resource conservation districts which in turn provide additional free assistance, like help with permits in some counties, other technical and or financial assistance. NRCS also works closely with the USDA Farm Services Agency to help growers with emergency and disaster programs, funding, and help with crop losses. Rich Casale, NRCS District Conservationist in Santa Cruz County, California. The final quote is from Ann Adams, Executive Director of Holistic Management International in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Many holistic management producers have found that investing in soil and land health is the number one best way to build land resilience for future disasters and more quickly recover from these kinds of disasters. Improved ground cover has helped people be less susceptible to flooding. Improved grazing practices have helped people cover ground after a fire or reduce fuel loads to reduce likelihood of fire in the future. And soil fertility practices have helped farmers and ranchers alike to mitigate the effects of drought and pest invasion. Lastly, the holistic management decision-making and planning processes have helped producers prioritize decisions that must be made after a catastrophic event. Free ebooks on their decision making, financial planning, and grazing planning are at https free downloads. As one rancher noted, I had a wildfire burn one third of my ranch. Within 24 hours, I knew what my plan was and how I would deal with it. That's peace of mind. Few people want to think about what to do in a disaster. Let's face it, nobody really thinks a disaster will even happen to them. But now that you've listened to this episode, I hope you're thinking about how to protect yourself, your loved ones, your land, livestock, and crops in the event of natural disaster. 
I'd like to support you by offering you some free climate smart farming resources. Please visit bbooks.org to download the free climate smart farming PDFs, including the Farm Emergency Preparedness Checklist. That's a handy printable PDF that will remind you how to prepare for the worst. Tune in next time to learn how some farmers recovered after disaster and how you can too. Thanks for listening to the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, you may also like my book, A Farmer's Guide to Climate Disruption, now available in ebook, print, and audiobook. To support this podcast and my other creative endeavors for as little as $1 a month, please visit patreon.com forward slash Rebecca L. Fraser. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.